Welcome to the Renewal Nuggets, an oasis in the midst of action, which is meant to help you regenerate and renew while in action so that you can keep on giving and helping others for the betterment of humanity. I'm Dr. Ioana Popa, a life and leadership coach, educator, program developer, spiritual care provider, and by background, a physician. And through my work of three decades, I bring this unique blend and mixture, which I love, between science, psychology, life coaching, and spiritual care, and the wisdom of ancient Christian faith. And this channel is dedicated to providing information to help you move towards inner balance at a body, mind, heart, and soul level, daily regeneration and renewal, self-care and prevention of burnout, to get a sense of grounding presence, and also moving towards psychological and spiritual growth so that you can keep on giving for the betterment of humanity. And today I have the privilege to interview an amazing health coach, Cynthia Damascus, who dedicated her life to help others. And I met Cynthia the first time at an O'Camper professional organization, which is Orthodox Christian in medicine, psychology, and religion. And she presented there. That's how we met. And Cynthia is a certified holistic health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and also a functional nutrition and lifestyle practitioner through the Functional Nutrition Labs, Full Body System Training. And she's an internationally known health coach and has clients from all over the world. And she helps people with chronic illnesses who simply want to change their weight and lifestyle in conjunction with their health team, working with their doctors and mental health providers, whoever is in their health team. And Cynthia, just to kind of wrap it up before I bring her on, she has a background in public speaking and has a passion for living a healthy and Christ-centered life. And really, the, just recently, she was nominated the top 20 life coaches in the world by the Divine Purpose magazine. So I'm going to welcome Cynthia to the Weekly Renewal Nuggets. Welcome, Cynthia. Thank you for having me, Ioana. Not only am I honored to be invited period but i'm honored to be your first person so this is going to just set the standard and <laughs> i know it can only get better from here yeah thank you so much for for coming and cynthia and i we know each other for years and i just highly respect you and all the work you're doing so i'm so thrilled to have you here and just share with us um and i guess if i could start i just want i'm really curious about your vocation of giving this is a platform and a channel for people that are giving, that are passionate about helping others. And I know your passion, and I'm so interested in finding out more about your journey as a giver and how you came up to be what you're doing today. Well, it's interesting because I really wasn't raised to be a giver. I really didn't see it, you know, uniquely modeled in my life or anything. And I think I was just raised to, you know, live for myself and strive and make as much money as I could. And, you know, and it was all about me. So for many decades, it was all about me. And I had a job in corporate sales for a high tech company for many years. I, it was a crazy, um, it was a crazy time. It was high pressure and, and uh, I was always under a lot of stress and everything. And it, it, again, it was just about me. So when I retired from that corporate technology position, I was still young enough to where 
I wasn't sure, you know, I didn't want to retire, but what was I going to do with my life? And that's when I saw God bringing opportunities to me to take care of people. I wasn't able to have children, so I haven't been a mother, so I didn't have the experience of taking care of kids. So for the first time, I'm taking care of people. I mean, I take care of my husband, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but <clears throat> I'm taking care of people that happen to be seniors, like in their 80s. Mm -hmm. And it felt so good. I felt like I was fulfilling a purpose finally that I had never understood for my life. Mm -hmm. And like I found my, my niche. Mm -hmm. And this was at you know, 50 in my fifties. <laughs> so better late than never. But after taking care of my husband's aunt who had Alzheimer's and seeing what could be done with diet and lifestyle and, and getting off medications and losing weight and just making somebody's life rich in their final days, I thought, oh my gosh, what if I could do this for other people? What if I really knew what I was doing? Cause that was before I went to school. So Went back to school, got certified in a couple different ways, um, found my niche in what I was particularly um, interested in, and uh, that leads me up to today. Oh, that's so wonderful. You are such inspiration. And how did you felt? You mentioned earlier, you said, I felt God was showing me the diff ways to help. I'm curious. Do you want to say a little bit more about that? How did you know it's God? You know, people hearing this, there are, we have a, a mixed audience, you know, some are faithful, some maybe not. I'm just kind of curious. How did you know <laughs> <laughs> that it was God? Well, I'm a woman of faith to begin with. So I'm used to looking for God's hand in my life. So I think that's significant. We have to have our eyes open and our hearts open. And then I just saw that not only did he bring Aunt Irene into my life, but he opened my eyes to see what was going on with my father, who's passed away from, I think, nine different things were on his, uh, his death certificate, all, yeah. all of which I knew could have been prevented. Mm -hmm. And so God was, I just felt like he was bringing me these people and then I think, too, when he designed us, he gave us the interests and the passions, and, and I mean passions in a good way here, that we have, um, that we're drawn to certain things. He, he gave us that personality. And when I started feeling that deep-seated, oh my gosh, there's been a hole in my heart that's now being filled by taking care of Aunt Irene, um, I, I guess I just know that that was God. That's how, who he made me to be. And I'm finally realizing it. Right. That sense of inner resonance, like it really felt filled. You felt filled. Yes. And I really love what you said. You were actually looking, you were looking to see how God might be moving you in your life. And when that sense of curiosity and, and kind of openness Yes. Love that. Because yes. I know things don't just happen. Nothing's a coincidence. Mm -hmm. I, I really think it's all the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. And if someone is watching this and they're not faithful, I would say, just keep looking, be open yes. and see what might happen. That's great. Yeah, keep your heart open and, and you might see some things. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing this. And so what do you do now? How do you, how did this flourish after after years and of work and you're doing so much now? Well, I, so 
<clears throat> it's sort of confusing, so I like to, I use my hands to lay this out. Go for it. <laughs> okay. My company is called Holistic Christian Life. It's the umbrella company. Okay. Coming out of that is, you know, the, are the books that I write, my podcast, my coaching practice, which is one-on-one, -on -one, and I'm expanding into group coaching. I'm also expanding into blood analysis, which is incredibly exciting. Maybe we can talk about that later because this is my newest thing, and I don't think I've talked to you about it. Right, the blood, and, and we'll talk about it. Yes, so yeah, let's... testing that can assist people in in getting some health information. Right. Yes, yes, it's going to be a new service that I'm getting certified in right now. So pretty exciting. Okay. So, um, so I have all that. Then also under that holistic Christian life umbrella is the filled with lust ministry, okay. which I'm in with my partner, Molly Sabrin, and she and I have a membership of women throughout the world that just want to be filled with less, less stress, less clutter, less, you know, fewer health issues, you name it. They just want to live simply and intentionally and with peace and joy. So there's that membership. And then we have courses. One is called Six Weeks to Sanity. Oh, I love that title. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, we open it a couple times a year. And then um, a book club. And, and we're just, you know, branching out, trying to meet people where they're at and, and what they need. And especially over these last two years, we're finding that community is huge. People need community for mental health, for physical health. And we want to meet that. Need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there one thing that you're working on that you would like to share more with your audience so they get to know? I mean, you mentioned the blood test or what is there something yes. else? I mean, just um, besides the blood testing, Molly and I are working on a book right now. Okay. And it's going to be based off of our show. We have a show called The Filled with Less Show on Ancient Faith, which is an internet-based show for those who aren't familiar with it. And we've had a lot of people on, you've been on the show, to yeah. talk about a peaceful mind. And this book is, being, is going to be written about how to have a peaceful mind in all of the different ways to it. And we're going to feature the interviews that we've done on the show. So we're currently writing that. Oh, that's so that's fun. That's exciting. When is it coming? When do you project? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be finished um, by the end of the year, and then it's up to the publisher to know when to bring it out. Right, right, right. Yeah. Great. And you mentioned the blood test. I'm so curious, right? This is part of the, if I understand correctly from, I think we had a previous conversation, it's part of the functional medicine Yes. Um, and maybe people are familiar with functional medicine, maybe not. Do you want to just say a couple of sentences of what that is and how it can complement the regular medicine? And Absolutely. So functional medicine gets to the root cause. So you may go to a conventionally trained doctor and they say, uh, they give you a diagnosis. You have diabetes and here's a medication. A functional medicine doctor will take diabetes as a symptom. Oh, you have diabetes. That's a symptom of something that caused that diabetes. We're going to get to that root cause. We're going to fix that root cause. And then typically the diagnosis goes away and they didn't even have to go on medication a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So it's an advanced certification that conventionally trained doctors 
can uh, go to the Institute for Functional Medicine, or there are a couple other schools at this point too, and get the additional training and certification and become functional doctors. And uh, the, all of the ones that I go to, well, one was a cardiologist for probably 30 years until he turned into a functional doctor. Um, my main doctor was an ER doc for many years and she just saw so many people coming into the er with issues that could have been avoided she wanted to get people on the front end not the back end right and what are can you give some example of those um potentially causes i know a little bit i think it has to do with gut health right but maybe yes. what are some of the things just to give a sure. little perspective just a few things uh so Hippocrates, and I can never remember the year that he quoted this, but Hippocrates said, remember it either. <laughs> I should. All, you should. All illness starts in the gut. And that was a long, long, long time ago. And then we kind of all forgot or pushed it aside or whatever. Now we're realizing in the last decade or so more than ever. Yeah, he was like amazing. He he knew this and all things start in the gut. So we know that gut dysbiosis leads to inflammation. Inflammation leads to disease. A lot of those things can be mm -hmm. prevented. We know that mold illness, when you're around mold, you get mycotoxins in your body. The mycotoxins affect your gut, your entire body, your brain. Heavy metals also do the same. Um, food so sensitivities chemical right. sensitivities right, right so it's pretty much everything that we take in our bodies is it related mm -hmm. to that right and a kind of a discernment of what is in our bodies that could potentially impact our health exactly but then also stress sleep mm -hmm. movement or like everything yes. <laughs> yeah everything works together for a whole just like god created us mind body soul it's all one and each affects the other. So people coming into the ER, for instance, what they're coming in for may have been due to stress, which if handled correctly, could have prevented the illness. So it's really phenomenal. And I hope more and more doctors get certified in this. That's great. And it sounds like life coaches can get certified in this and you're getting training now in this blood testing. You want to share more? You can. That? So here's what I love about the blood testing. So, and, and here's what I love about functional medicine. So it used to be conventionally trained doctors. They are trained to see a patient and within seven minutes know which drug, well, know how to diagnose them and which drug to give them. Okay. Obviously that's not what health coaches can do. We can't diagnose and we can't prescribe drugs. Right. Functional medicine doctors look at everything and they say, well, if you change this in your lifestyle, that in your lifestyle, that in your lifestyle, maybe you have these supplements, do this, do that. They're healing people in the same way that health coaches can. I can do all that. So it just really is empowering to know that. I'm able to help people the same way doctors can. And by getting the certification on blood testing or blood analysis testing, I'll be able to do it even better than what I've been doing. 
So based on the blood test as a life coach, I mean, you already make recommendation in terms of the supplements and lifestyle changes and whatnot. And if I'm understanding correctly, by having some objective testing that you get certified in as a life coach, you could also have more information so you can be more specific. Right. So here, here's what we do. And first of all, to back up on the supplements, as a health coach in many states, I am not allowed to even recommend a supplement. Okay. Okay. So I can talk to my clients and say, here are the studies that show, oh, your, your vitamin D level is at 23. Here are the studies that show that your vitamin D should really be around 55 or 60. And here are doctors that are saying that in your circumstance, they would prescribe 5,000 IUs a day. So just FYI. I see. So it's pretty, it's an educational. Yeah. I need, I have to educate people. people. Exactly. Right. So So, it makes sense, right? Because doctors, obviously they have their license and working a certain way, they're diagnosing whatnot, but you're saying, no, there are tools that I could do education. I can bring this to people's awareness and then they can make choices. They can talk with their doctors and they can make the right decisions. Right. And with blood analysis. Yeah. Anyone who's ever had their blood, let's say they go to LabCorp, they get their blood test back and there's this normal range, right? Right. And I'm not going to be exact on this because I have a hard time remembering numbers, but let's just say that they're, let's take vitamin D again. The normal range is like between 20 and 80. Whatever that is. Yes. Yeah. Which means like if you're outside of that range, Mm-hmm. You have a disease. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you come in normal, that just means you don't have a disease. It doesn't mean you're, you're at an optimal level where every cell in your body can replicate well and every hormone is balanced right. and everything else vitamin D does for us. It just means you don't have a disease. Mm-hmm. So I am looking at blood from a, a shorter range. So a functional medicine range might say the vitamin D levels should be between 40 and 80 or 50 and 80, something like that, that is optimal. So I'm going to be able, and I I can do it actually right now where I can plug all of my clients' blood work into a program. It comes back with like a 73 page report and I was going off of everything that I already, I already know from years of functional medicine experience, but now I'm going to be certified and know even more. And um, yeah, that's why I'm so excited because I talked to a couple people who had taken this training and one gal said, yeah, she said, someone was feeling like really terrible. Their doctor told them all their numbers were in the right range. They're normal. Nothing's really wrong with you. The person was like, well, then why do, I, why do I have all these symptoms? Came to this person. She ran her through this report and she certified. So she knew how to look, connect all the dots. She said, I saw some markers that could have depicted cancer. I had this person go back and get a couple extra tests that would clarify this for us. Sure enough, she had cancer. She said, this is saving people's lives. Right. Because it's much more subtle. Those Mm -hmm. are more subtle um, tests in a way. And I love the piece of really bringing the 
cutting edge of science in a sense in educating at the fingertips of people so they feel more empowered right and they yes. can take healthy choices they can talk with their doctors they can see whatever else is needed so it's really complementing right am i is that was that a fair statement yeah i think so i think so because whenever someone hires a health coach or a life coach or just someone to be on their health team yes oh i love that health team yeah their health team i, I always say like if my client's name is Lori. I say, thank you for inviting me onto Team Lori. I'm going to work in conjunction with your doctors and with your therapist and with your um, personal trainer and who knows who else Lori has on our team, but we're all going to work together on Team Lori. And she's the CEO of her health. <laughs> Amazing. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. And sure, you're welcome. Just to wrap up, what would you say? I mean, you just started actually with my next question. How do you help your clients one to one? So that's what I'm what I'm hearing is you're in their health team, you mm -hmm. empower them, they're the CEO, and you work with other providers so your clients can be really moving towards more and more health and balance. Is that Exactly. And sometimes they don't have other providers. Sometimes they just need the one person in their corner who's going to hold them accountable. Yes. And guide them through the, the craziness of all of the information out there. If you go to Dr. Google and you just like hit a wall because yes. so many different opinions and who do you trust and, and they just want somebody to give them individualized care. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And guidance mm -hmm. and education. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Personalized nutrition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. And Cynthia, how do you integrate this in your life? Like, what is your, I'm always fascinated by, you know, you get trainings and life experience and whatnot. And I'm curious, how does that land in the way you live your life? And how, <laughs> What's Cynthia's team <laughs> with Cynthia Damascus as a life coach looks like, right? And how do you integrate that in your day-to-day -day renewal and regeneration and, and your health program? Well, it's interesting. I have let everything that I teach enter into my life little by little. Mm-hmm. From the very beginning when I started studying this, and I've, I've always had an interest in health and wellness since I was a teenager. So little by little, one thing after another, whether it's how I'm eating or how I'm sleeping or, or movement or handling stress, what I put on my skin, you know, what I wash my hair with, all that stuff, what I clean the toilets with. It's just one thing after another building on each other. Mm -hmm. So I've been working at this for several years now. So all in all, I feel like, you know, I'm pretty far down the road. And that's what I help my clients do is start taking those small steps. Mm -hmm. However, in my life, often, and, and I have an example of this that just happened recently, but uh, I'm my own worst client. <laughs> <laughs> so last week, for instance, I had to set myself aside and say, okay, Cynthia, if you were your client, what would you be telling her right now? Mm -hmm. And I had to talk to myself and I'll, and I'll give you the example if it helps. I had a really crazy morning. I had to cut my morning routine short. I know we're going to talk about that. 
um, that I kept my morning routine short. It was crazy. I felt like my hair was on fire and I didn't get my walk in. Now, if I don't take my walk in the morning, it just doesn't set up my day correctly. So I'm lamenting. I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at myself, Cynthia, why did you not get your walk in? Why didn't you wake up earlier? What were you thinking? So I went down that spiral mm-hmm. and I was like, Cynthia, what would you tell your client? Right. I would say if I were my client and I don't talk to them, like I talk to myself, but I would say, Cynthia, get your act together, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Stop thinking about what you can't do. You can't go back. Stop thinking what you should have done, what you can't do. What can you do? Mm-hmm. let's redirect your mindset. What can you do? And that's what I do with my clients a lot. I work on their mindset. On redirecting. And it seems to me almost that, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a sense of, whoops, my inner critic was up and saying, oh, well, why did you do this? You should have done this. You should have done that. And it was just such a lovely inner dialogue that, hey, I can talk with myself and I can talk mm-hmm. with my inner critic in a way, okay, let's do a reality check. We can change mm-hmm. the past here. Let's reorient in the future. And did the inner critic listen to that, so to speak? Yes. Amazing. (laughs) All of a sudden, I was thinking, okay, um, can I get outside for 10 minutes so that the light of the sun hits my brain, which is right behind your eye. It's the only part of your brain that's not inside your skull. It's right behind your eye. If you can get that sun for about 10 minutes in the morning, even if it's not sunny, if it's cloudy out, you get those rays it increases your serotonin, which makes you make better decisions throughout the day, which turns to dopamine in the evening, which means you have a better night's sleep that night. There's this domino effect. Uh-huh. And it's like, by golly, I can. So I put I on my four right layers of clothes. Yeah. yeah, you can do it right now. So I went out there, I took a walk up and down my street, came in and I felt fabulous. So I stopped the runaway train of what could have been a very bad day. Great. Um, but I'm not always successful. Well, it's a journey, right? Isn't it? It is. It sounds like you're have your um, using the tools not only how to schedule in and have your rhythm in the day, but how to come on track when the train kind of goes that way and have this kind of lovely inner critic conversation. I, I just love that. Yeah. And, um, are there any other examples that from your daily routine? that you find from your experience, from professional experience, and you've applied them, you gave an example, okay, 10 minute walk in the morning has an impact on the brain, right? In that, right. such a way that affects all the internal chemicals and neurotransmitters. Any other things that you do throughout the day, your daily routine that keeps, keeps you regenerated and, and renewed? Well, throughout the day, Um, And and I have a pretty robust morning routine where I have a lot of different components that set me up for a good day. So after that's done, during the rest of the day, what I try to make sure I do, first of all, is drink a lot of water. Mm -hmm. I'm a big proponent of drinking half your body weight in ounces. If you're drinking your water, your day is going to go much better because you're going to be able to think clearly and have the energy to get done what you need to do. It's amazing how water triggers that. And it makes kind of sense, right? After a full night when we don't drink water and we get dehydrated over how many hours, right? At least six to eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Seven to nine. 
everyone needs more than six hours. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Based on everyone's schedule, whatever their schedule is, even if it's six hours, you're still going to get dehydrated. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm like this, uh, you know, sleep Nazi. It's like, you have to go to bed and get your sleep and don't get <laughs> yeah. It's so important. Yeah. And I've had to get serious about it in my life at a certain point too, where I wasn't serious about it before that. And it took its toll. Right. So then if I'm hearing back, even before the morning, making sure you get the seven to eight hours to sleep, right? And in the morning, I'm hearing the water. I'm hearing about the walk and the sunlight, natural sunlight. Even if it's cloudy, it doesn't matter. It still has an impact. Right. And I actually do a 30-minute walk because 20 to 30 minutes is the sweet spot for the movement. Yes. Yes. I I keep silence. Mm. And the sweet spot for silence is eight minutes. And that's like meditation, Mm -hmm. or I do prayerful silence. All of the studies show that just eight minutes of that can completely change your day over and you make better decisions. So I try to do 10 minutes. And then journaling, just dumping everything out of my brain onto paper gets my day sorted out right without any overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as a Christian, I do my prayer and my scripture reading. So I, I have a pretty robust morning routine that I'm very, very uh, jealous of, for lack of a better way to say it. Like I'm, um, I protect it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With, with my scheduling. At your best, when you have time, what, how long does that take? That takes about an hour and a half. An hour and a half. Okay. And, yeah. and I, I know a lot of my clients with young children, they're, they're lucky to get in a 10-minute morning routine, but it's just whatever you can do when you can do it. I'm, I'm really blessed that I can do it for so long, but anything is better than nothing. Right. So for your clients, they might have only 10 minutes. What do you recommend to them? I definitely recommend, um, you know, if they're a Christian, that they read the scripture of the day, that they say their prayers, and that they keep silence for mm-hmm. at least a minute if mm-hmm. they can. Mm-hmm. And I know that's small, but um, maybe they can go for a walk after the kids get on the bus or whatever. We start talking about where they have pockets during their day where they can add in some of these other components. That's great. Yeah. Let's kind of start with their centering themselves and to the higher self and, and God. Yeah. 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 Great. Yeah. What else? So that's the morning. And what happens afterwards? Any other tips or things that you found really helpful, right? So you know, not just only on a theoretical level, but practically you found obviously with your clients, but also with yourself. Well, before, yeah, yeah. You know, often I have many meetings during the day or I'm doing interviews or something. I always make sure that I take three deep breaths, deep belly breaths before I get on with somebody on an interview or a client, which I typically see my clients on Zoom mm-hmm. like this also. So I, I, I do a lot of intentional breathing during the day because I know when I'm just running from one thing to another, I'm breathing in a shallow way, yes. which can be harmful to your health. So it's important to bring in those belly breaths. Did you do three Big breaths before our interview today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <Great>. I did. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So it, I just find that it calms me and uh, I can think more clearly. Absolutely. And then, of course, I build in at certain times. This isn't every day, but I, I've built in, you know, 
Mondays and Thursdays is when I work with my trainer. So I know I've got some movement scheduled in that I can't get out of because he's waiting for me. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about <clears throat> my own discipline here at home. A physical trainer? Yes. Yes, a trainer. And then um, I play tennis with a group of friends on Friday mornings and sometimes Wednesday mornings. So I, I've built in movement into my days and into my weeks so that I know that I'm always, you know, moving these lymph glands and moving toxins out of my body and staying mm -hmm. limber. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about finding the pockets in your in, in your day and through your rhythm and three breaths. I mean, that's so easy, right? We can all remember, if we can all remember to yes. take three breaths right before or after to get centered. I, those are um, simple and doable way, ways. They are. Of, of and reflecting. free. <laughs> yeah, and free. <laughs> that's great. Anything else? Well, during the day, well, then that takes me up until bedtime. I'm very um, exact about that also. So my, my day is bookended with these pretty strict routines. Mm -hmm. And my evening routine uh, starts with um, ending my uh, looking at a screen, watching television, whatever I'm doing, at least an hour, if not more, before I go to bed so that the blue light doesn't affect my sleep. Mm -hmm. I make sure that I'm in bed. It's gotten earlier. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you when I go to bed, you want to, <laughs> but I go to bed now at eight 30. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. That sounds really cool. It, it's so wonderful because I'm actually buffering in the ability to sit in bed and read, which I love to do and which that's really cool. calms my mind down. So I have lights out at nine o'clock. That's great. Um, so yeah. When I was in my twenties, like, Eight eight thirty. I would have yeah, been, been preposterous, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, it <laughs> right? is. And have this special time to rest, to lay down, and actually read and do something that you really love and calms you down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then little things are included that are triggers for me that tells my body and my brain that it's time to, mm -hmm. to calm down. I, I have a lavender hand cream that I put on when I first get in bed, I have a lip balm that I put on that has a smell. I can't remember what it is. Orange, I believe. And, and these, they're all triggers that are telling my body, okay, it's time to relax. It's time to let go. It's time to just fall asleep because the body loves routine. As you know, we need routine. We thrive on routine. And I think that that's one of the major components that people are missing in their lives is that understanding of how routine can center and ground you and it makes you a healthier person. Mm -hmm. And what really touched me the way you say you're almost like talking with your body, you know, and my I'm, I'm trained with working with inner parts, inner system yes. and working with our body or emotions and whatnot. And the, just the way you are sharing how you are training and cueing your body, there's such a gentleness and appreciation and a, a healthy, um, loving attitude towards it. Like, hey, it's time to go to bed and here are your cues of the body. And it's not abrupt, but I'm also hearing you. You kind of give your body some time to adjust to the new rhythm kind of like what you're doing in the morning with your walk, right? And then here uh, at night, yeah. 
Exactly. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is ease into my day. I, I go down and get a cup of matcha and <laughs> I go downstairs to my big comfy chair and pull out whatever, you know, Bible study or whatever I'm doing. And, and it's just this easing into the day. And then I ease out of the day. And yeah. in the middle of the day, God willing, I have my head about me and I can make good decisions and I can care for people the way I think I'm meant to care for people. And that's the thing. Self-care makes us better caregivers. Mm -hmm. I think so many people think that self-care is selfish, but we're not talking about going out for manicure, pedicures and massages, although these things are all fine and good, especially massages. But and manicure and pedicure. Some people love it, right? but you're yeah. not talking about overly not talking about pampering. overly right. indulgence, but there is a natural caring, right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That this, if you take care of yourself, you're a better person to take care of other people. And yeah, I truly believe that. I see it working in my life. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I know I was just so cool that you mentioned the manicure and pedicure i know people who actually as they do that they feel more calm and more present to themselves so um obviously there are different ways of of doing this i wonder thank you this has been so helpful but i'm really curious what do you do in terms of your health your eating right because you talk so much of the functional medicine and all the nutrients like how do you keep yourself in balance to make sure that what comes in your body, right? And you, mm -hmm. so, you want to say more about that? Sure. Yeah. This is one of my favorite topics is eating clean the way God created food for us. Mm -hmm. So he gave us vegetables first, plant foods first. So I eat mostly plant foods. Later, he gave us animal products. So I have some animal products on the side, but mostly plant foods. Mm. I try to eat them in the closest way as God created them. So Very natural and less processed. Natural. Is that what you're saying? Natural and less processed, not GMO, mm -hmm. not sprayed with herbicides, pesticides that are winding up inside of our bodies, not eating beef, for instance, that was raised on that were raised on grain and GMO corn and candy and everything they can possibly stuff into a cow to make it fat quickly and then slaughter it before its stomach explodes. I'm not eating that kind. That wasn't the way God created cows. He created them to eat grass. Mm -hmm. So you're careful, so, even the sources that you're bringing in that are in a natural cycle. Exactly. Yeah. And if I'm buying something to eat that has an ingredient label, I, I read those ingredient labels okay. sometimes with a magnifying glass because I don't really want you to know what's in food. Oh, I love that. A magnifying glass. I never thought of this. I, I, you know, they, they, some you of these are really small. Try, yeah, very small and like uh, dark brown lettering on a light brown background or something. It's, sometimes it's, it's hard to read even, but you have to know what's going inside your body because mm. that's, if you feed your body what it needs to operate the way it was designed to operate, you're going to be so much better off if you're feed, than if you're feeding it all of the stuff it doesn't know what to do with. Right. So it's causing inflammation. Again, inflammation is the root of disease. No wonder we're so sick. 
right, you right. Know, as a population. So yeah, clean, clean eating. It's mm -hmm. my mantra. So re exact. So if I'm hearing you right, just being very mindful about reading and informing of everything that you bring in. And the other rule that I'm hearing from what you're saying that could be helpful for us is um, eat as less uh, as close to how it is in nature and less processed. Right. Absolutely. I would imagine not necessarily processed food and things like that. And are okay. Yeah. Right. Because when you start getting into processed food and you're reading those ingredient labels, you're seeing added sugars and preservatives and excitotoxins and inflammatory fats and all kinds of stuff. Corn starch and yeah. It's Absolutely. easier to just have a, a chicken and potatoes and Veggie. lettuce. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So are you doing that throughout your day? Do you have like the free meals or what's your food intake kind of structure? Um, it's funny you bring that up because I'm in experimental mode right now with myself. Okay. Tell us. Yeah, I, I'm my, uh, yeah, I experiment on myself. So I am a big proponent of eating three meals a day mm -hmm. and not snacking. Mm -hmm because the average person to, in today's world is eating so much that their body doesn't have time to rest and digest. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have time to detoxify. It doesn't have time to enable the bodily systems to do the job they're supposed to do because you're constantly processing food. So I'm a big proponent of no snacking, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. However, there's a small subset of people who have a blood sugar dysregulation. Mm. These people need to eat more frequent, smaller portions um, and smaller portions. So I'm experimenting with that because a couple of my tests have come back recently that kind of give a little question mark around how my pancreas is reacting and uh, blood right. sugar dysregulation so and for the audience who i mean might know about what pancreas is and how this comes it's great if you're not aware the pancreas is what's forming insulin and insulin is closely related to the sugar metabolism right is that right. what you're hinting at yeah it takes the sugar out of the blood and puts it into the cells right right i see so some of their tests came a little off in that yeah, it, it came back. I had some biofeedback done, and then I had um, I ran my blood test through this new program that I have, and both yes. came out saying possible pancreas issues. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm trying to get a continuous blood glucose monitor, and I want to start looking using myself as a guinea pig. I do have one client who's in the same boat, and uh, we're finding out some pretty amazing things. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. I hope to hear from follow-up. <laughs> this is happening for you. Anything else that you would like to share about your regeneration and renewal and um, that would make this feel complete as we're wrapping up soon? <clears throat> about myself or advice for other people? Both. Yeah. About yourself. Is there anything else that you found really, let's start with that. Anything else that you found really helpful in terms of um, your cycle throughout the day and your daily regeneration that keeps you really connected and, and prepare for giving to others? 
So on the level of myself and what I found is that time management is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. If you don't employ good time management skills and actually schedule this time for self-care, it's not going to happen. I see. Actually putting in the calendar, self-care. Yes. Yep. Self-care. I do not see a client until 10 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. There's self-care that comes before that. Right. And if someone, let's say they have families and they have kids and they have to be at work at seven, whatever that time is, 10 minutes, put it in the calendar, right? So I always say first, go into the calendar and put in all the non-negotiables, what time you go to work, what time you have to get the kids on the bus, you know, all that kind of stuff. Then work in, where am I going to do self-care? And then figure out those pockets. Then you'll see other pockets that when I do advanced time management, I start doing goal setting and that kind of thing with my clients. So we start filling in those pockets. But the, the first thing you need to do is figure out where you're going to get that self-care in and where you're going to draw your boundaries. Mm-hmm. So that's what I found was, was huge in my life was because I never had boundaries growing up. I, I would say I never had good self-care boundaries until 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I wish I had started earlier. Yeah. But that's what I found in my own life. And then for everyone who's watching, I want to bring up epigenetics, if you don't mind. You want to? Okay. I love epigenetics. So <laughs> let, let's uh, define it just briefly. So, okay. Everyone so, might not, not have heard of this term. You know, so, here's a scenario Cynthia, I'm going to have diabetes, it runs in my family. It's in my genetics. Everybody is on diabetes medication. I know I'm going to get it. So I'm going to keep eating the way I do. And I'm just going to go on medication like they all have. And there's no avoiding it. Mm -hmm. But wait, we now know about epigenetics, which is fairly recent in the past 20 or so years, right? So what we know is that your genetics load the gun, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Or not. Or not. Exactly. Thank you for adding that. You're right. So by managing our stress, by eating clean food, by making sure we're sleeping the number of hours we need to, by making sure we have movement in our life so that our body can function the way it's supposed to, we can make sure that that gun doesn't shoot. And that is a beautiful thing. You have more control than you think you do. And I guess that's what I want everybody who's watching to understand you have more control than you think you do, and it's never too late. When I was working with Ann Irene with Alzheimer's, she was in her 80s, and we got her off all 13 medications she was on. She lost 35 pounds. She was happier and healthier than she had been in her whole adult life. It's never too late. Wow. So if Aunt Irene could do it, we can do it too. Exactly. It's never too late. Yes. And for um, people who are watching epigenetics, it doesn't mean that we are changing our DNA or sequence because that's impossible. But he, every here and there, we have genes that are controlling the actual release and, and replication of that gene or not that trigger the, uh, like you mentioned, trigger the gun or not. So through lifestyle, we can actually shift the control genes or, and, and allow them to um, adapt um, and, and we don't might yes. not need to have diabetes or not, or if there are health symptoms to even reverse them, like Aunt Irene, I 
I found that so uh, inspiring. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. And then one more thing too that I want to share. So, you know, I'm very big on making sure toxins are not getting into my body, which they come in through the environment, through your food, through your water, through your skincare products, through your shampoo, your toothpaste, everything. It ends up in your bloodstream. 50% of the population has at least one copy of a polymorphism called MTHFR. 50% of the population. That means that your body cannot detoxify the way the other 50% of the population can. And is that the name of the gene? Is that what you're yep. saying? Okay. Yes. So and that, I, I would love to tell you what that stands for, but I don't want to risk it. Right. <laughs> it. So, but the, the short version of this is there is a gene that could potentially detoxify whatever we encounter through our daily existence, like toothpaste and whatnot, but 50% of the population do not have that gene to detoxify this. So we're kind of stuck with all those toxins. Well, Right. So it's a gene, but are you familiar with SNPs? Yeah. Well, okay. explain it to, yeah. Yeah. So um, genes contain uh, billions of SNPs and it's the polymorphism. Com- segments. Right. Right. Um, SNPS, which is also an acronym for something. So when those are, um, are, are tweaked and not formed correctly, that's where you get the polymorphism. So MTHFR is the name of the, um, my mind is going blank on the terminology, but people who have this polymorphism can't detoxify as well. Right, right. So if we translate this in day-to-day wording is that not everything is transmitted by one gene, one segment. Sometimes we have, polymorphism, meaning we have a complex of different genes all together, like a family of small portions of genes and 50% of the population, bottom line, cannot detoxify. Right. The, the SNPs have been affected, so they can't detoxify as well yeah. as the others. So, yeah. um, so this is why I'm just bringing this up because this is just another way that you can be okay. Maybe I'm one of those 50% of those people. I, I don't know. Maybe you haven't had your genetics tested, but I can sure watch the toxins that are coming into my body so that, because I know my body's going to hold them. Yeah. If, if, because I can't detoxify them and down the road, especially if you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, by the time you're 80, that buildup is going to be causing havoc in your body. Right. So and just really now. quickly, thank you. Just really quickly, what should we look for? Like, again, play in a, in a, for day-to-day, I'm going to the grocery shopping. What do I look for and make sure I don't buy or don't bring into my surroundings yeah. so I, don't, I won't get into my body? Okay, so eat organic as much as you can. Okay. You're preventing all those toxins from coming into your body. When you are using skincare products, hair care, whatever, get as close to what you would actually eat because you might as well be eating those things. How would you do that? Like looking at the ingredients? Is that Look what at the ingredients. Go, go to um, Environmental Working Group. So that's ewg.org. 
Okay. They rate everything as far as toxicity goes. Oh, that's helpful. So you can go on the website, right. put in the product and get a, a, some sort of a information about toxicity. What is that website again? We'll put it in the, in the link. Sure. Below. Sure. It's ewg.org. Okay. Great. Yeah. Great. And obviously some of us might not have the finances to buy or eat just organic or whatnot. What do you say to someone just kind of minimize the risks or what? Yeah, minimize that? your risks. Absolutely. If you have to buy non-organic produce, for instance, make sure when you get it home, you're washing it with one third vinegar to two thirds water, washing it really well. You'll get off about 95% of the residue on the outside. Of you'll like still get some, vegetable, you mean? Right. Yeah. You'll still get some from the inside. And if it's not organic, it may be GMO, which means it was built into the plant to have right. say glyphosate or Roundup, for instance. But wash your produce when you right. get it home with vinegar water. If you're going to be eating meat and dairy products, get them as clean as you possibly can. If you can't get organic, just try to get at least no antibiotics or no hormones added. Check for that. Great. Just do the best you can. When you're buying um, things with good ingredient lists on them, like a box or a can of something, just read that ingredient label. A lot of times I've actually found cheaper things, like all these cans of peas have sugar added to them. Then there's this one can of peas that doesn't have sugar added to it. Sometimes it's, it's actually less expensive. Oh, that's great. Great tip. So look for add, no added sugars, right? That's what I'm, I'm hearing. No sense medically. Absolutely. No excitotoxins, which are created in chemistry labs so that you can crave a product more. You want more and more. It creates an excitatory response in your brain. And these are hidden. They're called things like natural flavors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Innocuous words that really mean a chemical bomb made in a lab. If people go to my website, filledwithless.com, that's my ministry website. There's an ebook that I wrote on there called What to Eat. And it drills Great. down on all of these things. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you for this resource. You're welcome. Well, well, thank you so much, Cynthia. This is such a wealth of, of uh, information and practice and experience and uh, heart and soul that you've been sharing with us. So yeah, thank you so much. Any, any last words or anything else that would make this complete for you? Or is this it? I don't think so. I, I, after we get off, I'll be thinking about a hundred things, but right now... <laughs> I think yeah. I shared, you know, I, everything that was pertinent and, uh, and I offer a lot more interviews on my podcast, the Holistic Christian Life podcast. If people are into health of mind, body and soul, we have a lot of good interviews there. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Cynthia. Thank you, Ivana. Thank you.